Hey, hey, Gary. Uh, John here. Going to be the director for today. It's the you know first. Oh, hey, John. Yeah, first episode of the new season. You know, season seven. We're really excited to come back on the air and and, and give people some of that old different strokes magic. You know. You know it. You know it. All right. So first scene here. Want you to get you in Mr. Drummond's lap as soon as possible. So you know you're gonna uh -huh. run in there. You got your toy car ready. You're gonna show him yeah. how fast it goes. You know, you know, you know what, you know what, you know. I, I get where you're going with this. I see where you're going with this. We, we've done it eight seasons at yeah. this point. You know what? I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up there oh. and I'm gonna give these guys some of this Gary Coleman magic. All right, Gary. Looking forward to it. All right, everybody, everybody places, rolling, <clears throat> and action. Fuck you mean, Willis? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa, Gary. Wow. Wow. Love the enthusiasm there. That's that's great. Yeah. But uh, I, that's, that's what the people love. Not quite to the line that I see here in the script. Are we doing a oh. little bit of ad, ad living here? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they love it. They love it. Uh, I've been knowing this. Uh, the, the rhythms are in my body. You know what? I, I, I fucked up. I fucked up. I, I didn't do the voice. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's okay. really what. Okay. It was. That's yeah. really what it was. I, let me get it back in my voice. Yeah, get yeah. get it back in that muscle. First first scene, new season. We're we're all getting back into it. Great, great, great. We'll we'll, we'll take it again. All right, and all right. rolling and action. On my face with that bullshit, Willis. Well, <laughs> okay. Once again, once again, this is uh, uh wow. Love, love uh, you know different energy. Okay. The, the people are responding. Yeah, yeah. they seem to love it. Seem to love it. I just don't know if our sponsors will love it. Have to kind of keep things. It's a family-friendly show, you know. I, yeah, you know that. You're right. Uh, you're right. You're right. right. So, I, I, I got another one of myself. Okay. I'm gonna I'm give you the fastball sure. this time. All right. We, we we got a little bit of time. Let's go ahead and roll the cameras. And whenever you're ready, Gary. What you talking about, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, somebody get Gary a sandwich. Let's uh, let's go to. Yeah, Con I'm a little hungry, you know. Yeah. I'm a little wow. Okay, Conrad. I I think you know we, we can just we can get your scene in here while while Gary's having a little bite to eat. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna head by a trailer. You, you guys finish it up. You, yeah. you know what to do. All right, Conrad. You got your you got your new catchphrase ready. Are you, are you ready to deliver? Oh oh yeah, a consummate professional over here. All right, Conrad. You got the cameras rolling and action. Niggas be wild. <laughs> Classic. All right. Everybody, let's go ahead and take lunch. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these white savior films and we recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we've got a, we've got a very special episode today because it is not the usual. <laughs> we, we're taking I didn't know you were going to hit me with that hey. one. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Uh, <laughs> we're taking a slight detour um, because, you know, like as much white savior film as there is to cover, there's a lot of other things that fall into this this realm and we want to try to do our best to cover it all. And so we've picked out a TV show that I think to me, I'd never seen it before we did, <laughs> did this episode, but I, I'd always kind of pegged it as just like, huh, that's interesting. Like that's. Kind so of, you've never laid eyes on an episode? I don't think so. 
Like it is, it is one of the most famous TV shows of, of all time. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of interesting and sad stuff came out of it, but it, <laughs> uh, we're talking about different strokes today, uh, which is just one of those shows that I think was ubiquitous at the time, you know, in the, in the late seventies going into the eighties and mm-hmm. a whole generation of people came up on it. There's a lot of, a yep. lot of really interesting things to, to parse out with it, but man, watching it for the first time was <laughs> something else. Uh, <laughs> uh, I concur. <laughs> but we've, we also have some very wonderful guests today uh, that we that wanted we to bring in and they, they have a very, very wonderful production company who, if you follow the show uh, and you know, friend of the show, guest of the show, Afanya uh, Awache, whose film came from this production company. So, you know what I mean? This thing is not for you, uh, is as part of Watts Productions. And today we have Kalisha and Kashel Zachary joining us. Yes. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> so, everyone. I am excited to be here. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. So, I mean, thank you guys so much uh, for, for joining us because this show which we're going to talk about in just a bit here is like I said, just wow, 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 wow. But um, we also, we want to take a minute to kind of highlight what you guys are doing with watch productions, because I think in just the entertainment industry, right. Film and television, we're, we're getting into a period where I think people might look around and say, wow, you know, Issa Rae, wow, Ava DuVernay, wow. You know, all these, all these black women are out here like producing things and directing things. And like, it's, it's a renaissance of some sorts, but then when you look around, you're really just like, but in comparison to the totality of (laughs) the entertainment industry, like it, it is amazing and great to see black women doing so many, you know, big things like, like taking control and having production companies and doing stuff. But at the same time, like it's we got a long way to go you know with with this um and so i just i just want to hear you guys talk a little bit about what you do at watts and it just really like the impetus behind it like why you felt it was necessary for you to you know start this production company and what you want to accomplish with it oh wow such a great question um just you know our topic is different strokes and um i didn't even know it being younger um I'm a, I got the tail end of the 70s. I'm, yeah. I'm a 79 baby. Um, but I didn't even know that I would be affecting the game like I'm doing right now. And although I watched different strokes back then, mm-hmm. purely um, entertainment-wise. Yeah, truly. Um, I didn't realize that I would be grabbing the pen to change the whole trajectory of change agents. Yes, how, how they look at us in the industry. And I remember my sister, maybe 2014, I would just get so aggravated watching TV because I never saw me. Um, And she was like, stop talking about it. She was like, change it. She said, we can't be the complainers anymore. And I was like, well, damn, she right. (laughs) And I I was a writer. I hid that for a long time. I didn't share that with anyone. Um, writing is very if other writers are listening it's a very sensitive and vulnerable place to be in um, you're almost putting your heart out on the paper and then people gonna come and dissect it and critique it everybody got an opinion but I had to move past all of that, that part. intimidation I was like no I got a story to tell mm-hmm. and so um, I picked up the pen and I promised my sister 
as executive producer here at Watts that I will always tell stories that present us in the most realistic manner, mm -hmm. that I would be very careful about the stories that I tell that show the nuance and the beauty of our existence. That part. Um, watching different strokes, I was gagging like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I used to watch this. <laughs> Religiously. Religiously, I almost said shit. I don't know if I can say that. Oh, but go I for it. No, I'll go for it. Go for it. I can't believe that I used to watch this and just like, oh, oh just cracking up laughing, just did not have no sense. Or awareness, <laughs> awareness <laughs> of like who we really were. And so I thank God for um, being educated past, you know, my small, my small circle and having that beautiful HBCU experience okay. and spread my wings and yeah. really flying. And then saying, I'm going to take all this that I know black people um, are made of. And I'm going to make sure that I put it in the media, which is one of our most powerful mediums. Yes. People really do see this yes. and they think that we are this. Yes. Um, me and my sister went to London on holiday Holy and God. this gentleman. He was in a very posh area. Yes. He <laughs> came up to us and he was like, the States, are you from the States? And we're like, yes. And he was just so, you would have thought we were on, on front at a museum. I mean, he was black too. And so, um, you know, he was just looking at us like in just awe. We're mm -hmm. like, yeah. Um, Black people do travel. You know, that was a little shock, shocking to me. And then he- I think it was where we were at. I do, I do too, part. I do too. But he compared us to the Real Housewives like of Atlanta. Like he named Lamethia. Yes. And he <laughs> so, was like, are you guys them? And we're like, no. Like, come on. And so um, it was a bit um, off-putting a little bit, mm -hmm. but it just showed me how powerful that imagery is. Like when they get that, they eat that and they think that's all it is. Mm -hmm. So that even furthered the power of my pen even more. Mm -hmm. And from Watts Productions, we create premium content creation. Premium, CG. baby. Premium. <laughs> like, we are not, like, so when you named Ava and Issa yes. and, you know, listen to the audience, support Black content, first and foremost, because it's hard to make oh, black, we know. <laughs> black content that is just on point it's it's difficult right because they keep you out for a reason mm -hmm. and that's what i didn't understand until i got in this industry and i found out how hard it is and so that's why we are extremely proud of our independent side we was like we're gonna do it our way yes okay and we literally did so when watch productions we we make film and we back film so the way we met ifangi was through our people of color creative pop writing initiative where we said hey Submit your stories. We're going to choose a story and we're going to fund it. 100% is yours. Like, is, which is really unheard of in the industry because you look you into these contests and you don't hear anything back. You're in these contests and they already know their cousin and three <laughs> other people going to win it. And you're like, well, okay. And so we- We're looking at you, Lena Waithe. We're looking at you. Okay. We see you. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm, I'm burning- I'm burning bridges over here, man. No, it's okay. Don't, <laughs> don't mean, pay attention to me. Is, but I get it. You know what I mean? Like, if I had a cousin that was real serious about it, you know, I'm just joking. But, you know, right. but uh, we we really come in with an objective lens and say, hey, we're going to choose these stories. Ifangi is a sophisticated, brilliant writer. She wrote this piece. And at the time, she was in London. And the contest was U.S.-based. And I was like, I don't even care if she's <laughs> not in London. If she's not U.S., I'm going to make her film. 
because that's how powerful it was. And I'm like, this is the type of film that you need to get behind. Mm-hmm. This is the type of content we need to get behind. So when you have content creators out there doing, ch- trying to change the game, realize that that was a fight. That is not an easy thing, especially when you're doing it with intention. And that's what Watts is doing. So where we have people like, y'all, where's that? I I'm like, oh, we in editing, but we have to go editing. Like, you gonna put that that melanin back in that thing. <laughs> we ain't taking that out. Please do, please okay. do. And let me just tell you why culture is so important that we get behind the lens and in front of it, in yes, the pants, yes. you know, on the clothes, everything. The first film crew we ever shot with, they were not black, but you know, they was working. And one of my set designers, she is black. And she was like, oh, I'm gonna set a mood in this scene. So she burned an incense. And I was like, oh, okay. I, you know, everything was coming together. They gonna get behind the scenes talking about, oh, we gotta clean that up. I'm like, no, it's a mood, it's a mood. So sometimes that doesn't always, good, better, indifferent, it doesn't translate because they don't have that culture. The scene clearly called for it. Mm-hmm. I clearly got it, right? So it was like, oh, you need those. We need to be in this industry because media is powerful. That's why Watts exists. We are going to do this. We we building a legacy here, okay? 100-year plan, and we taking our time. Amen? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Amen. Well, yes. We. I mean, we need, we need people like you, you know, doing stuff like that because I think the more people that are out here given opportunities for people to tell stories but also you know doing stuff with intention like you're saying like taking their time and really um you know not not trying to rush things out we we live in a very fast media time you know like things come and go there's a lot of disposable media uh that you know people just look at and and ingest and then it's gone and then nobody thinks about it you know in a year or two so you know the more the more people out here that we have that we can tell diverse stories right i mean again there's a lot of stuff coming from you know black culture and and many different uh you know points of view and experiences and stories and so you know like yeah you know having like a handful of people out there you know doing it is great but the more people that we can bring in the more doors that we can open the more bridges that we can extend so people can kind of come on and, and do their own thing i think is is definitely necessary um and it's necessary because of the legacy of shows okay. <laughs> like different <laughs> drugs. <laughs> um, and I just, I just want to hear a little bit about like your experience watching the show. You know what I mean? Because I mean, again, specifically watching it as it was coming out, like this is a show, I think that it, it is multi-generational, right? Like it has a legacy that's endured. Um, just very recently, you know, they staged a a live, you know, uh, redoing of different strokes that had, you know, Kevin Hart was Arnold, and uh, I think it was was it Damon Wayans was uh, Willis, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and they were, you know, bringing it. It was in conjunction with Facts of Life as well. Like they were doing, it was like a double, like you know, revival of that. And so, like the legacy still continues. And like obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about Norman Lear and his impact on television but you know for y'all like just like watching the show like what what were your early memories of it did you watch it and you're like yo i love this show like this is what it is or were you just kind of like was there ever a point where you're just kind of like i don't know about that (laughs) you know early memories they had me um they really did i was like it was it was the wittiness of arnold 
It was the coolness of Willis. And don't forget they added Janet in the mix. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had us. And then I always tell my sister, and then they had us like double time because we could only consume what they put out there. So we didn't have like this plethora of voices telling our stories. It was a few white men that, you know, say, I'm gonna put this writer's room together and this is what we gonna give y'all. So it was almost like they was parsing us out what they wanted to give to us to to give us a representation of ourselves. So Mm -hmm. growing up, I I thought it was hilarious. And this is the beauty of growth. Come on. Because watching, because when you guys sent the list and I seen all the titles on it, I was like, oh, I'm coming for different, different. strokes. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm awake now. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I am, the, the things that I laughed at as a child, I'm appalled at okay. as an adult. And so um, my early memories of it, I mean, I thought, I thought it was funny. You know, I thought it was adorable. Um, now I'm like, this shit is fucked up. I wanted to, I was like, man, that's dope. They, you know, as a child, I was like, they get to live in, in a penthouse. And at that time I had never been to New York, you know? And I was like, man, this is amazing. And then I never realized that I never really saw myself, right? So right. you had um, Tootie, not Tootie, but um, yeah, it was Tootie. Yeah. She, she yeah. made a guest appearance yeah. on there. And of course, mm-hmm. I know Janet was on there and I just thought she was the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, shout out to Janet Jackson from Rhythm Nation. Um, but I was just like, I was in awe of it all. I mm-hmm. loved Arnold. I thought he was the cutest thing since sliced bread. And to Cashel's point, you know, as an adult, as a, an adult and as a filmmaker. Ooh. Now I'm doubly like, oh, let's sharpen this knife here. I want to dissect all the cancer out, okay? So y'all watch this stuff with intention because they made it with intention. Mm. They did. They did. Mm-hmm. Me and my mm-hmm. sister, we got, we got mad. We was like, the Jeffersons could have easily, easily adopted Arnold and Willis. They had a maid. <laughs> well, an- another black couple tried yeah. in episode two. Yeah, you know. So, well, yeah. Before we'll we'll get into just a second. I just want to hear because uh, Cameron, I think you and me are alike in that never watch different strokes. So nope. you know, this is like the first exposure to it, and even like during you know the TV Land revival and yep. all of that stuff, where you know Sanford and Son was on TV, and like the Jeffersons, and then even stuff like you know Petticoat Junction and uh, mm-hmm. where, like Beverly Hillbillies and like all that. Like I mean, Facts of Life was even on TV yeah. uh, in the revival stage. You, you know? know, like but I was watching. If I was watching anything, I was watching like I Love Lucy, and I was watching. Um, yeah. Like you know, Van Dyke. I was watching that stuff. Yeah, Happy Days and all that stuff. So like, yeah. you know, my parents, you know, grew up in the '60s and the '70s, and they were like, "Hey, watch this, watch that." So like, I'd seen a lot of these different shows, Good Times. You know, like I'd, I'd watch, you know, from time to time. Specifically, everybody knows when you're homesick. You know, it's it's like <laughs> uh, Price is Right. Right. Boom. And then, easy. <laughs> and then, you know, whatever else was on. And usually they had they had that block of TV on where it's just like, all right, I guess I'll watch, you know, three hours of Sanford and Son or <laughs> whatever your show. I did. I did. I did indeed, actually. <laughs> and I I have to imagine different strokes was part of that, you know, like it was in there somewhere. I just for whatever reason had never sought it out and then never 
decided it was the thing I wanted to watch until now. <laughs> and what a, what a time. Uh, and, well, and what a time we had. Yeah. Well, let's. Well, let, separately, but what a time we, we <laughs> both had. Let's give a little background on different strokes uh, for people. It was a sitcom that aired on NBC, uh, created by Norman Lear. Uh, and it, it started in 1978, ran for eight seasons until 1985. Starred Gary Coleman, Todd Bridges, uh, Conrad Bain. Dana Plato. Dana Plato. I was like, oh, come on. Dana Plato, yeah, Charlotte yeah. Ray. And it basically is a show about Mr. Drummond, who you know lives on the Upper East Side. His maid dies, and his maid has two sons, Arnold and Willis, who now just don't have anywhere to live. They don't have a home. They don't have any other relatives. And her dying wish... <laughs> to Mr. Drummond was that he adopt her two sons uh, and give them, you know, a charmed life. And so that's what he does. And, uh, the, you know, the show plays out from there. That's the show. It's famous for a number of things. Obviously, you know, the ascent and, and rise of Gary Coleman, uh, who was like at the time, you know, eight, nine years old. He had only really been doing like small parts and commercials and things in Chicago. You know, they saw him out there. They brought him over. And, you know, Norman Lear was enchanted. And like, obviously, when you watch, like we we're we're going to we're going to get into it. But we're also going to get flowers because Gary Coleman does deserve. He did. He did the damn thing. He did it. He you did can, it. Then. You can tell like there's you can tell from the right off the bat. Like, yeah. Why? There's, you know, if 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 he is the impetus for the show being made, it was for good reason, right? Because like he right. got it, you know what I mean? Even at such a young age, like he really was on it. His delivery, his timing, you know what I mean? Like some. Of I will stuff- even say while I was watching, I was kind of like, "Wow, he's he's only ten right here, but yeah. he's consummate performer." You know what I'm saying? Right. And he's got, you know, he's he's got that childlike, you know, little wry smile on his face sometimes. Like mm-hmm. he's just like, you know, and even sometimes where it's just like, how did you not break character? You know what I mean? Because like everybody else is like clearly cracking up and like you are able to kind of hold that face and like, you know, keep that timing. You know, he is credited for the what you talking about. Like that was him. Like, you know, they had the line, you know, what are you talking about? Uh, but he flipped it coined it you know we're just talking about willis and like that became like the thing you know so like even at that young age he just kind of had a sense for the business had a sense for comedy had a sense for timing so you know that's part of it also the very special episodes you know what i mean like people will obviously know the the bicycle man episode is the very famous one where uh you know arnold gets almost uh, uh sexually assaulted by a pedophile um and you know there's there's lots of conversations about drugs and race and sex and you know all mm-hmm. kinds of other things which is kind of norman lear's deal right because coming from all in the family you know with archie bunker that's kind of like what it is what he's known for is kind of introducing that introducing you know social topics and politics and stuff into the sitcom format and having that be kind of like the instead of just like oh you know lucy made too many chocolates or like you know who's who's taking who to the school dance or you know whatever it's like oh we're gonna have these conversations you know in your living room it could actually be the entire plot of an episode right um and so there's there's a lot to talk about and i think let's just start with the first episode 
which is the pilot. Very interesting <laughs> things going on here. You know, like they are brought in from Harlem. Um, and there's a lot of like already, right? They're kind of playing around with it. They're like, we we know, right? Like we we know <laughs> what you think. <laughs> and we're gonna try to like tepidly address it about like, oh, okay, you know, these two black children, they're living with this rich white guy. Like, isn't that wacky? And then like mm. um we we kind of get the everything in this first episode, right? Because like every character is present but also kind of giving you what they're going to give you for the rest of the series right where like mr drummond is the well-meaning earnest maybe sometimes you know not not all the way with it you know white man who like you know uh, more or less every episode he'll come around to it right like if he's in the wrong he'll come around or maybe he's right you know, maybe he's right. And like, you know, people need to come around to what he's thinking about. Willis is is the, um, you know, protective, but headstrong older brother who oftentimes will leap to conclusions or, you know, take things that Arnold told him and say, well, you know, because it's a recurrent plot. Well, now we got to leave. Mr. Drummond doesn't love us anymore. Mr. Drummond, uh, you know, like we never belonged here anyways. We need to go back to Harlem. We need to go back to, to where we come from. You know, I overheard this. something fishy. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me spiral this out of control and then <laughs> and then and then turn it into let's leave. And then much. Mr. Drummond will come in and kind of give him the, you know, but you know, but I love you and, you know, like we're a family and, you know, no matter what our differences are, you know, like that's what counts in the end, you know, yada, yada. And then Willis would be like, oh, Mr. Drummond, I was wrong. Willis is always wrong. Uh, <laughs> he's right like he's a couple wrong times. A lot of, yeah, he's wrong a lot of the time, though. He's wrong a lot of the but time. But he's usually wrong. Um, Arnold is kind of the, you know, he's he's cute. He's charming. He's energetic. He's hungry. Uh, he just the joy <laughs> that is in your faces right now. I can see it's it's crazy. Just like mentioning his name, you're like Arnold, he's in my heart. You know, he's in my heart. To this day, I, I just watched it and I was like, man, he's so damn. Cute. And <laughs> I have to say this too, Lloyd. I'm so glad you opened it up with giving him his, his flowers. Yeah. yeah, like Norman Lear was creating that show for Conrad Bain. Yeah just came off mod and he it, mm -hmm. it feel he needed a show but i believe that they did not think gary coleman was going to be such a presence at that young of an age mm -hmm. to carry that to know that that is inherent in him yeah, mm -hmm. yeah you can't, i don't you can't, i don't think you can teach it mm -hmm. it's just mm -hmm. you have it or you don't he had it so he definitely had it and from that first episode i still was just like you know and it's it's interesting to kind of look at some of the things like one of the ideas for the initial show was going to be conrad Bain was going to be like a detective and like uh gary coleman was going to be his like his sidekick but oh kind of like you know the kid who hangs around his office or you know the building and they like solve mysteries together which is going to be a very different show <laughs> and i <laughs> I, you know, somebody talked reason into them, but yeah, I mean, like, I think Gary Coleman, 
you know, he he is the heart of the show. Like he's what makes everything For work. Sure. Because if it was any other kid, you know, and as much as like you know, Ty Bridges is good as well as you know, like he does his thing. Like totally. nothing wrong with him, but like it just what Gary Coleman brings to the role. You know, again, like from the very first episode, like is what makes the show what it is. Uh, then we also have uh, Dana Plato, who is Kimberly, who is uh, Drummond's daughter. She's it's like in the first season, she's kind of in and out. Um, right. I, I think because they weren't necessarily 100% sold on her, so she's right. at boarding school doing things. Uh, but she'll come back on the weekends, yeah. yeah like her role kind of fluctuates, you know, because sometimes she's like the white surrogate, like Mr. Drummond's not around, so like she's kind of there to be, you know, <laughs> the to be white, clueless, cluelessly white, person, white, yeah, the white person in the room. I realized yeah. she rang the bell on episode one, yeah. Yeah, um, and then we have Charlotte Ray, mm-hmm. uh, who, like, I don't know, I don't know what y'all think. I, she was in a different show, you know, a lot of the time for me <laughs> because, like, she is she is the quintessential sitcom character, but it she's she plays it very broad and very big, and like a lot of like mugging and expressions and like. She looks like she's in a Broadway play. Yeah. (laughs) She looks like she's in a Broadway play and everybody else is like doing TV. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. And so. Yeah. Yeah. She got She got her own show out of it. She she worked it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like shout out to her. But, you know, so one of the telling things in the very first episode, right? Like they come in, they're introduced to the house uh they're talking to you know mr drummond he's kind of giving them the rundown then they talk to miss garrett who gives them dap and arnold says the immortal line miss garrett are you passing and i was like i already know (laughs) that we are in for a ride because lo and behold (laughs) would you believe this show written by white people not a one black person no in the right Jordan, room. what are you are you telling me the truth again you better stop with that shit no it's so easily like borscht belt comedians writing this sitcom like all the jokes are like set it up for yeah. that punchline to hit boom it's just every joke and after the show i can just imagine they were like yep guys we did that got it yep oh my god it's in the can it's in the can. We killed it. The first issue I had with the first episode, I was just, if I was the black writer in the room, <laughs> y'all gonna have two kids show up to the door by themselves. He's by like, themselves. Nobody came with them. They got yeah. all the way up to the 30th floor by themselves. Yeah. In Park Avenue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I still can't do that. That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, try it if you want to. Okay, that, that try it if you want to. Try it. Try it. That, I end up in booking overnight. Right. That threw me off. Like nobody cared about them. Like they didn't have a distant cousin or mm. okay, fine. They have no family, but Mama Jackson didn't know nobody. Nobody. No, nobody. No. Yeah, nobody. So that's how desolate they are. They just gotta show up to Mr. Drummond's door by themselves. And and let's be clear. Let's be clear here. I can say that, you know, I have family members, cousins, whatever, that grandma has came through on many occasions. Aunt, somebody. So y'all not going to tell me. Somebody came to visit. Who did the funeral? 
Was it Mr. Trump? (laughs) 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 And then they they just didn't go back home. They went back to Harlem and closed up their house. They did that by themselves? So Willis was that strong? Mm. Like, no. Like, that was the first key when now that I look back at it, I'm like, issues. Okay, somebody this, could this might not have been us. No, behind this. <laughs> I, I will say, and and this isn't to jump around a lot, but uh, there's the season four episode that I watched about Willis uh, joining a new public school and uh, his friends coercing him to uh, buy them marijuana. There's these scenes of like Willis trying to like make friends with black people in the hallways, and it looks like he's talking to. He's an alien from a different planet hmm. talking to earthlings for the first time. And I'm like, fam, you're, you're black. You could just say what's up. And you already in the door a little bit more than you would have been. Nah. And it's just like, because the writers weren't black, because the people who were creating the show weren't black. These two kids enter all of these situations like these aliens in a sense, you know, everything they do is kind of in a bubble. Well, Cameron, I think that leads us to. <laughs> Something that I. Issues. <laughs> I, well, because I think this can be a gateway into a lot of the different episodes to talk about. Because, sure. One of the things that this show loves to do <laughs> is set up Arnold and Willis as basically the like they're the good black people like they're the aspirational black people they're two of the good ones yeah you know what i mean because the the whole point this is <laughs> this is the thing right so this show late 70s early 80s right i mean we're mm-hmm. still talking about yes we had you know good times yes we have you know sanford and son and and um the jeffersons and you know all these shows where we were seeing black people right but those were i mean the, the thing about different strokes i think is really part of the intentionality behind it as i think they wanted it to be and it did become a show that everybody watched right like white people aren't really watching the jeffersons like black people watching the jeffersons right because they had all these other shows to choose from you know what i mean right they weren't really watching good times you know like black people were watching good times because they had all these other shows to choose from but different strokes gave them a little something where it's just like, oh, okay, now we kind of have a little bit of a gateway into this world. And so many of these episodes that we're about to talk about are episodes in which they have to empathize with Arnold and Willis. And so in order to do that, they need to be the kind of black people that are acceptable and that are just universally beloved. It helps that Gary Coleman is very cute as a child and like, you know, you just want to protect him. And so when racist things happen to them, you know what I mean? And then you have, you know, Miss Drummond and Kimberly, Miss Garrett all kind of swooping in to protect them. You know, like mm-hmm. the the reaction from the audience is like, how could you ever, you know, like be so cruel or mean to these children? Wherein you know, we see some examples of some of the other black people that exist within this universe, and there's a lot of questions because you're like, Well, who are you? And what what's going on with you? So case in point. I don't know if if anybody else watched this episode, which was wow. I I there's a lot of episodes that we could talk about. There's an episode in season four called Roots, in yeah. which they basically the conceit of the episode is that Willis's friends from Harlem come up and visit. 
Last gun <laughs> and he, Willis hasn't seen them in a while. They're talking to Willis and they're like, man, you changed. Like you're living in this penthouse and like, you know, you're talking different. And oh, like you, you sit up here all day and you eat great Poupon and you like, you know, like play with all these like, you know, expensive toys and you go to your expensive school and like, oh, you forgot about us. You forgot about where you came from. You forgot about your roots. Willis is like, nah, what are you what are you talking about? You know, like that's not true. And then like they leave and he's like, Maybe that's true. Like maybe we aren't black anymore. Or like we need to be more black or get in touch with our black roots. So what do you think they do? Right? Do they do they go out and, you know, just go back to Harlem and hang out around the neighborhood? Do they, you know, go and say, Hey, like maybe, you know, there's like some culture we should engage in or, you know, something like that? No. What they do <laughs> is get the most generic African drumming music, get literal like tribal masks in their room. Like their room changes into more or less like a, like some mix of like African voodoo. Like there's like smoke coming from somewhere and like they're in there just like, l- like literally like dancing and like running around as if they're doing some kind of like tribal dance and i forget what arnold changes his name to but it's like yeah yeah basically yeah it's just like we we changed our names to not even like actual african names but like the most stereotypical over-the-top african names so like call us that now And, like, it just kind of continues on in that direction, right? So then Mr. Drummond is like, well, so, like, you don't like me because I'm white, basically. (laughs) Or, you know, like, what's going on? Like, I don't understand why race is all of a sudden an issue or a problem or whatever. So this is where we get into an even trickier situation because he decides to go see a black woman psychiatrist, right? Like, to think about what he can do and so she starts asking him questions well do you have any you know black people that you work with well no do you have any black people that you hang out with well no do you bring any black people to the house well no is there any black culture or any black art on display in your house well no right you know like those are his answers to all of these questions and so he's like well you know maybe you could come over and like you know talk to the boys and we could have a conversation she comes over and they engage in some for lack of a better term, racial role play where they reverse sides and Willis and Arnold are Kimberly and Mr. Drummond and Kimberly and Mr. Drummond are um, Willis and Arnold. Right. And so like Willis and Arnold are doing Mr. Drummond and Kimberly, right? Like they are mocking them and imitating them. Kimberly and Mr. Drummond are just doing broad racial stereotypes, <laughs> like not like not even close to anything that Arnold and Willis are doing. They are like Kimberly starts like chanting and like, you know, like strutting around the room like they walk in and they're like doing some weird like jive handshake. Um, oh, yeah. It's just like this really like race like it's just racist like there's no other way to describe it and then in the twist of it all right like mr drummond says 
yeah and like i don't want to be part of this family anyways because y'all y'all are white and like white people are bad or like something to the extent of that and like willis is like well wait i didn't say that mr drummond and he's like no that's what i well, i'm not mr drummond i'm willis you know <laughs> like and willis starts getting upset and he's like wait no i don't want to do this anymore like i love being part of this family like you know i didn't mean anything that i said basically and like the black woman psychiatrist is basically used as a shield for mr drummond to then say that blackness is in, in the heart or some shit like that and like you know we can all be family or whatever and so the resolution of the episode is not that arnold and willis have a point that maybe you know they have been cut off in some way culturally and that they should you know maybe go visit harlem more often or maybe you know they should they should bring some black culture into their home but it's like that sounds healthy jordan that sounds healthy no the the solution is that they should uh suck it up <laughs> and more or less assimilate yeah. and like you know you can have some black things but like your blackness is going to then in croach on our white family and so like there's only so much of that that we're going to take and what? the black woman is going to say that to you so that mr drummond doesn't have to say it so that yeah. it's not racist <laughs> it was it was both racial manipulation uh, when i watched it i was i was hot and my sister was like well calm down i was like now i'm so awake i can clearly understand what was happening and then they had an opportunity to really do that episode justice. Right. Because the moment that the friends from Harlem came and said, hey, there's a disconnect here, they could have still entered in the, the, the African roots concept and they could have put, made, they could have made that a beautiful lesson. Norton, got to remember mm -hmm. you dropped me in africa today where am i going <laughs> no idea but they could have explored that with them mm -hmm. you know to say we was robbed right of our african heritage we, we don't know where to begin mm -hmm. but you know this is a beautiful introduction we're like well where do my roots come from so they could have maybe got some books about different African cultures. They were tribes. in like, the most cultural cities in, in, the, a, world. in the world. And they could have went to different museums, like, hey, let's go, let's explore this. Willis and Arnold, but let me go back. Just wait a minute, let me gotta know. say this. Wait, wait, then on top of that, Cameron, then they go as far. Yeah, tell me, because I did not see this bullshit. Okay. Then they go as far as, your daddy is so rich. So rich. Y'all could be doing so much in Harlem. That part. I would have went to Mr. Drummond and was like, you know what? My my people are there. We got a lot going on here. Remember, everybody in their family died. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> I want to go back and help anybody that's back in mm -hmm. Harlem. He could have easily get a tax write-off from the business. Come on. And he could have went back to Harlem and gave back in a plethora of ways. But no. Cut them off. <laughs> Cut on. them off from going back to Harlem. Can't so you back. know, you know, Willis wants to connect because he invited Oscar and Charles to the house. Correct. The moment he did that, I would have been like, "Man, what am I missing out there?" But can I say this? I gotta go back. To <laughs> go for it. This episode, Cameron. Just one second, Ooh. because the thing that got me was two things. One, Adelaide, because the maid had changed. 
by now. Mm, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Charlotte Ray had gone on to do Facts of Life, right? Yes. Adelaide <laughs> cooks them food, but as a as an adult, Adelaide, you could not have asked me to make my kids be bourguignon. Like I'm y'all gonna get a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> so and Charles are already like, what is that? And she makes some little quirky comment like Oh, you should tell me how to translate food. Like, really? What? Like, really? Uh-uh, see. Y'all eat food? See, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going to take it as shade. It was. It was shade. <laughs> and then Kimberly drops. This is the second thing I said. Oh, no. Kimberly said, you guys were radical. Yes. Like, radical? That, that's the word Kimberly used. Yes. Willis got offended. Now can I give some <laughs> can I give some kudos to Willis? Ty Bridges. Ty Bridges, Shout I believe some Bridges. of them some of them scenes you was playing, you was being for real mm. who you were. Because <laughs> I was like his attitude on his face yeah. when he told Mr. Drummond we leaving, the attitude on his face when Kimberly said they was being radical. I yep. felt like his real blackness came through through the acting. And I was like, I believe him. And mm-hmm. it can't be held down. No, it cannot be held down. Listen, I sometimes have a hard time being like, now wait, but you know, you gotta, it's two Americas, period. And when Mr. Drummond says, there's no black rules, there's no white rules, they're just rules. I'm like, where, Mr. Drummond? Where? Oh my God. Oh well, because the God. thing about everything that happens in the episode is there's, there's no, um, acquiescence on the part of Mr. Drummond, right? Like, he's never right, like, no. you know what? You're right. Like I'm, I am like I, I maybe overreacted or like you know I never really thought about it right because like the step to go see the black woman psychiatrist right you would say oh wait a minute like maybe he's kind of like connecting dots and like seeing that you know he he needs to make a change and she makes Mm. all those comments and she makes all those suggestions right never Mm. throughout the rest of the series do we see any black cultural things show up in their home. No. You know what I mean? And like, it's just like, oh, okay, that was the thing you were just saying. But even if, but even never even acting. If, like, Mr. Drummond <laughs> put like one mask on the mantle, it'd still be like, what? It's uh, pandering. Pandering oh, yeah. to his kids. It's like, okay, m- remember to take a good look at that mask on the way to your right. white prep school that I put you in. Like, right. right. And Jordan, I think you said something so powerful. It was whoever set design was. Shame on you! <laughs> all the the African references that I think even if Africans watch the oh episode, God. they might even be offended because they could be like, "That's way what off." Tribe is that? How are we gonna go? Like, <laughs> like, it, it is like the, the like the, the dashiki was the oh answer. Oh my God! Just to, the dashiki. Just the dashiki. Yeah, he did. I mean, and the um the African. I don't even know if that's a true. It was Mr. Drummond turning mask. over the trash. So Mr. Drummond, when he's role playing as Willis and Arnold, he turns over the trash can and he begins to beat the drum oh, to no. signify. Like I just know it the was white Kimberly. Writers, Kimberly, yeah. and her, you know her tribe. They were like, "We got it. We nailed it. We nailed every trope possible." Here it is in this one episode. Then for Arnold to say, and then the name it Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> well, it it didn't it didn't stop there and it didn't start there. I can tell you why it didn't start there, because in season two, <laughs> your girl Kimberly had a solution of her own. Whoa! For bigots that came in the house, talk about. I it. think we're all familiar with this episode. Um, yes. 
I think it's called Guess Who. Yes. yes. And uh, she gets uh, Kimberly comes back from like a ski trip with uh, her new friend, Roger. Mm. She was probably smooching on a little bit. For sure. And Roger's uh, younger sister, Emily, wanted to come over and hang out uh, with Roger and, you know, all the guys at the house. So calls calls up Mr. Drummond, says, hey, can we come over? Sure. Sure. Emily comes over and wants to learn a few dance steps from Willis, who is playing that hot Michael Jackson track. I yeah. mean, the fact that they just play Michael Jackson on TV that's just goes to show part. you that money was different back then. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And I was, in my mind, I'm thinking, how much that licensing cost? I don't want to know. They're playing off the wall the year after it came out. I'm confused. I was like, <laughs> just easily cost your entire episode budget. How did you? I don't know what's going on here. So. He plays plays him a couple de- plays him a couple songs. You know they're they're doing it. He does it. He does a really good twirl. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. He did do a really <laughs> dope twirl. Like he knew the the move. He was like, I'm gonna do this on TV, so I gotta do it right. Yeah. yeah. So he teaches Emily some dance moves, and along comes Roger. Who's Wait, Kevin, go, ha- go back because oh, when you say yes, teaches sure. Emily some dance moves. I Oof. think you're being generous to Emily. <laughs> he uh, basically he like enabled her two step. Is what I'm gonna tell you. He was like, "Great two step, great job." Because <laughs> because she was like, they did like the little um, I'm gonna throw you the electric wave and boom, yeah. you can have some. And she was like, "Oops." <laughs> I was like, "That ain't it, fam. No, that ain't it. What you did, that wasn't. You didn't continue to wave at all." Mm. You, killed, you killed the circuit whatever it was uh, but yes continue uh. so uh um, so roger eventually gets to the house and meets willis and arnold and he's like wow you guys are so awesome you're teaching my sister dance moves and everybody slaps five and arnold and willis go into the other room and immediately roger's like emily you cannot hang out with these negroes he didn't say no nah, i mean he didn't the, say that well but like he, you could tell that when he comes in, his expression on his face is just, who are these niggas? Right? Because he's just like... <laughs> yeah, you can see it in his face that he's like surprised, but he's not going to let on in front of everybody. Yeah. And he waits till everybody's out of the room to, to tell Emily, excuse me, but uh, these are Negroes. We cannot be seen hanging with these people. You definitely can't uh, go to the dance with Willis. That's insane. Yeah. So... Later on. Uh, oh, also, and uh, in this episode, Arnold has a little tape recorder device that he's been playing around with, recording mm-hmm. people around the house. And he happens to record Roger's little conversation with Emily and shows Kimberly that, you know, Roger's a bigot. So sorry to tell you. <laughs> Kimberly is like, stop right there. <laughs> I have a solution. <laughs> and I tell you what, if I... If I didn't know this was this episode, I would have been fully shocked. One 120% shocked. I would have been shocked. <laughs> Cause just just the the confidence that she had was like, stop right there, Willis. Stop right there, Arnold. I'm gonna handle this. I got it. I got it. I got a solution. <laughs> so when Roger comes to pick her up for the costume ball, he's dressed as Rob Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. His maid Marion comes down the stairs with a perm wig perm black wig and just the blackest of blackface just some black face coming down them stairs in a maid mary costume 
and trying to, you know, attempting to shock Roger, who's trying to play it off, but it doesn't go well. And then Mr. Drummond obviously tells tells him that, you know, uh, Arnold's been recording him around the house. And no, no, uh, no, 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 wait, no, wait, no, 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 okay. <laughs> Please don't undersell this moment. She comes down the stairs in blackface <laughs> and a wig. And the wig. In the May Marion costume. Roger says, what's happening? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, this, is, right. this isn't the costume yes, that let's, you... Let's walk you through this moment. This is the is costume that you... fucked up. <laughs> you said you were going to wear. And she said, oh, well, you know, like, I'm black. Like, I, I thought you knew that. Yes. I've just been yes. passing this whole time. This is what I really look like. Clearly with <laughs> shoe polish all over her face and a wig. And a wild ass <laughs> wig. A wild ass wig. That Where did she get it from? I want to know. And it already had the, the juices in it. You could, it was shining off those stage lights. It was wild. It was confusing. Roger's like, stop playing. Take all that off. Let's go to the dance. And she's like, no, this is I. This is what I look I'm like. I am black. These are my black brothers. You and know actually, I mean? Mr. Drummond over here is passing as well. He's he's also black. Right. And, and then he's trying to get down on it. He's like, I don't know. And then Willis, Arnold, and Kimberly do like some kind of weird jive. Yeah. They do like dance. a weird jive step <laughs> walking up to him, which is the part where I was like, no, 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 no. We need to, all this needs to be run back. The company head, uh, ABC, the top of the company needs to just review the episode because that dance alone was more offensive than her coming down the steps. <laughs> It was in the blackface. The, and yeah. another thing I thought about y'all, real talk. I was like, if Arnold hadn't taped it, would they have pushed back on him? Mm, like he had the receipts. So he came and said, "Hey, I heard this." Would they been like, "Oh my gosh, we got to do something"? Or was the recording his saving? Or were, yeah, would, would Kimberly have been like, "Oh, Arnold, you're being foolish." I think other Roger episodes have, is, <laughs> other episodes have proved that's true because other episodes yeah. Arnold will tell them something and they'll be like, "Shut up, Arnold." <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a sitcom trope. It's like I heard one thing and it's like, "No, you didn't. You're crazy." And then like 20 minutes later, they have to learn. Oh my god, you probably heard it. Yeah, you know it. This this is where sitcom tropes come from. Is this show feels like exactly? Someone said this is now the formula, and we're going to continue to bake the pies with this, but right. I- to say this there i know for a fact that there are writers right now because of the diversity push you know they're in the room and they're they're black or they're a part of the oh, lgbtqia yeah. community and they're mm-hmm. sitting in there and they're wondering like should i say what the fuck y'all doing don't bring kimberly down in blackface but <laughs> we don't we still don't have that comfortableness to say that because okay it's your job so I have to put that out there too. So knowing that this no, definitely. room full of white men, knowing that they were like, oh shit, we about to, this is about to be our Rosa Parks moment. This is about to be the <laughs> journey truth. Kimberly Drummond is about to come down these stairs and say, hey, Roger, you didn't know I'm black. <laughs> like, and now that I remember that episode as, as a youngin, and just thought, oh, well, you know, she told Roger. No, nah, we have, like, this is no. Right, it's right, because not- that's the vibe. That's what you're supposed to feel in that moment is that, oh, they, she told him. They yep. cheer. The audience yeah. cheers Yeah. for the whole moment. They are like, yes, Kimberly. Yeah. 
And somehow. Oh, you know what? Actually, you know what their little dance reminds me of? There's that gif of the dude who's coming into like a fried chicken shop and like yeah, the full yeah, Huggy yeah. Bear outfit. Right, right. And they do the like little two step walking in. He's like, yeah. no, let me do it with you. Yeah. It, it looks like that. We, we're going to have to throw that gif up on the, on the Twitter yeah. so that people know how they came down the stairs. Yeah. To this they, but you, you got to think. I mean, all right. So, I mean, in general, come on. Uh, like, wow. What's happening? Yeah. Because <laughs> all of that. Do it. The comfortable. This that shit still exists today. And For sure. Still, yeah. There, there's a writers' room somewhere in Hollywood, somewhere in whatever, where they're like, "Oh shit, this is about to be groundbreaking, and I'm about to prove I'm not racist." And then they're going to, in fact, come on. This is breaking news. Such and such just got. You know, you're like, "What the hell? We cannot." continue to now that i watched this as an adult as a woke mm. we have to understand a lot of this shit was done with intention and even though they yeah. disguised it with arnold's cuteness like oh he's so cute and arnold got the video tape and he's listening and, and of course you know willis was the cool brother that had the dance moves it was like how the hell is kimberly the hero and she in blackface <laughs> well you you all of you have been on sets You've gone through the process. In the script, <laughs> there it it said, and Kimberly comes down the stairs in blackface and a wig, right? So like everybody collectively There's no other way to describe that. Read that. Then she sat in makeup and a white person put that on her face. Oh yeah. And gave her that wig. Walk right? us through it. Do you think it's dark enough? Do, do I I look like them? Oh I, yeah. Oh, Some, somebody had to, I guess, I don't know, Norman Lear, whoever was on set had to give that the thumbs up and say, yeah, we got somebody it. had to okay the wigs. Yeah. Right? It was like, no, not that wig, <laughs> but this one. It's greasier. It, it, it looks like a curl, man. And you're correct. Not only that, they were they were like, we're not going to get any pushback from Pepsi or Coke or any advertisement that came on. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're not going to get any of that pushback. Everything is going to be fine. We're going to. It's OK. <laughs> we're good. Pe- Pepsi's still up to the bullshit. They had Kylie Jenner give a yeah. <laughs> give a give a swat. <laughs> <laughs> well, because also back then during these um these shows, I mean, they would have the applause sign and like all this other so like the audience is being coached in that moment to say, Yay, Kimberly. In, in that very moment. In that very moment. <laughs> you did that it. was the that was the icing on the cake to me. Mm-hmm. Was when she shuts the door on him and the audience applauds like that was that was it. That was the work. <laughs> so that was the word. Who did it? Racism gonna end today after this episode on different strokes. Who who got the who got the address to the NAACP? We gotta send them the tape right away. Here's the interesting thing though, right? So 30 Rock, they removed a bunch of their blackface episodes. Oh. Community sure. had to remove that episode of Chang and Blackface. Right. I think there are a couple other TV shows that did that. You can you're also still watch TV shows. You're also naming TV shows that are doing this knowing blackface is horrible. Yes. Well. And then this is still available to watch on multiple streaming services. You can watch this episode right now if you want to, right? Yeah. So we just did. The fact that that is 
still available for people to watch while all these other shows have either like on their own said we are we will not or specific streaming services said oh we can't show that episode anymore because it's not like an accident right this is the point yeah it's not like it's like entirely misses the point oh this is like an unintentional or like the point of the episode is kimberly comes down the stairs and black that's what the episode is about is that she does that in the community (laughs) episode you referenced chang is actually dressing like an orc he's dressing like an elf and it's That's like for two seconds of face. yeah, he, two seconds and he's out of the episode, right? Like Boom. this, this is the culmination of this episode, right? Like Key everything was point. building to this moment, and so it's crazy that this is like a a a thing that's part because I think. I'm interested to know, right? Like, we're going to keep going through and discussing, you know, a bunch of different episodes. But, like, I'm curious because I think the legacy of Different Strokes and what people think about when they think about Different Strokes is the Bicycle Man episode and, like, you know, some of these other, like, very important episodes. And when you think about Different Strokes in the broad spectrum, right, if you just think about it as a sitcom, Mm -hmm. it's a pretty good sitcom, right? Like, just the episodes where Willis is doing or like arnold is getting into shenanigans or like you know whatever like when they're not trying to talk talk about race or other like black specific social issues it's it's an enjoyable show because gary coleman is enjoyable and like the other cast has chemistry and all this stuff so if they had just kept it a very basic sitcom hey let's come in let's have some laughs Miss Garrett burned the roast and now Arnold has to run out and get another one, you know, like whatever, you know, like it probably would have been like, yeah, different strokes. It's funny. Like you're saying, Cameron, like they really introduced a specific rhythm and like beats of like how these jokes are told and all this. Like, so there's stuff from different strokes that hasn't as endured and like has a legacy. Right. And you're like, oh, I can see I can trace the history of, you know, X, Y and Z to this. But on the other side, like, I don't think people remember this blackface episode. Like, I don't think a lot of these episodes. Let's talk about the second episode, which uh, you guys brought to my attention because I was going to skip over that one. Do you guys want to tell us about the episode number two? <laughs> the second, <laughs> literally the second episode of the show. Literally, the, social um, the second episode. Um, and I'm going to be very transparent here with this episode. Um, episode sure. two is the social worker, and finally, someone is coming to check on these kids. I'm wondering <laughs> why the social worker wasn't the one to export the children in the first episode. So they, they wanted me to wait to two, so she <laughs> she comes in to check on um, Willis. No, 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 no. Let me go back. Mr. Drummond mm-hmm. goes to the kids first and preps them. To make sure you say good things about me. Don't lie, but just say good things about me because the social worker is coming and we want to give a good impression. So, you know, he's trying to coax the kid. Um, That was kind of like, hmm, okay, I'm moving on. So the social worker comes in and she's looking around this penthouse, of course, and she's looking at Mr. Drummond. She's almost trying to sell herself to him because she's like, I'm not married. She made that clear to him, Mm -hmm. but she brought it back to the kids. Um, and so then, you know, she was asking him about, you know, how they're adjusting and mm-hmm. how they're getting along. And so the kids come down and, you know, they do what Mr. Drummond instructed for them to do. They're being very facetious, though. And they're like, oh, we're happy. We're good. Blah, blah, blah. Kids run back upstairs. And so the social worker was like, well, 
guess, I guess everything's good here. Everyone seems to be happy. But, you know, I just believe Black kids need to be with Black families. And white kids need to be with white families. And Arnold overheard the end of it and got so sad and went back up to that room. That was the, now this is why I ain't giving Arnold no flowers. Because that crowd was fake. <laughs> he was uh, he was trying he can't do everything um it was episode two he was just he was just yeah. getting his uh like, just getting his bearings on set he was getting his feet when i'm being too harsh he was getting <laughs> and so he's up there crying and willis is like what's wrong what's wrong and you know oh mr drummond said black kids belong with black families and you know mr drummond doesn't want us and again willis we getting out of here we're oh, going really? back to Harlem. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So, you know, the episode goes on and they basically tell Mr. Drummond, you know, we going back and he fighting for their love. Like, what is <laughs> what's going on? Like, what's what's Something's happening here? Happened. Something's happening. I promised your mom I was gonna take, and I'm I'm just looking at Mr. Drummond. And I want to believe him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to believe him. But, you know, he, I give a, you know, he was trying. He tried. So, you know, Willis is like, no, we getting out of we here. Good. We good. So the social worker, he Willis calls the social worker. Okay, Willis. And was like, look, we need to go. So I'm thinking, like, they could have always been with a Black family. Well, let's talk about the Black family, though. Okay. Let's talk about the black family. Let's talk about because the they were fly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, get out the way. I won't go live with them. That's <laughs> the come over, and you know, Mr. Drummond is trying to basically read their resume, like you know where y'all live. And she's like, we live in London part of the time. We live in Long Island the other half of the time. And then Mr. Drummond looking like, who are these niggas? And so, (laughs) you know, like, you know, so what is it that you do for a living? And he said, I sell barrels to, you know, uh, overseas Mm -hmm. for the oil to be in. We good. My money good. My money good. (laughs) My money long and my money good. (laughs) Long and good. So the kids come down, they meet them. The mother is so excited. Miss Thompson is excited. She was like, oh, they so cute and they so adorable. And then the social worker said, see, I told you. Oh, no. Black kids belong with Black families. Arnold and Willis. My goodness. (laughs) What? You said that and not Mr. Drummond? Oh, well, we don't want to go. We want to (laughs) go. somebody's writing room right now y'all owe a whole lot of people in an apology the arnold and willis could have easily <laughs> been with a black family we could have seen seen the nuance and beauty of a black families do adopt too yeah. and we we're not gonna leave out the generations of black grandmas Hello. that have stepped up to take care of our cousins and we're not gonna forget we're that gonna there's that. many black grandmas that was mr drummond i'm sorry <laughs> That part, and even though we didn't, live on- <laughs> we we, lived we, we was living good. I and mean, didn't you could not tell us that we were not living the life, right? We're like, oh, y'all don't do this exactly. Okay, um, but we on Mr. Drummond. So yeah. the black 
kids decided, I want to stay with Mr. Drummond. I don't want to stay with anybody that looked close to like my mama. <laughs> I want to stay with <laughs> oh, no. Mr. Drummond. And what, do the, what does the Black family say? Oh, yeah. Mr. Drummond, he... He, I feel he's like he, he's a good man. He let's, really loves you. Let's go ahead and shore this up. It's yes. okay, white folks. And they did, they did say come out and visit us. You know they ain't never went back. They ain't never visited no damn body. They <laughs> lost that business card. They threw that business card exactly. out the window. And then if Mr. Drummond was a real dude, real he would have stayed in contact with the Thompsons. Would invite a real nigga. over. Would have said, Mister. He would have talked to Mister. Thompson directly. How do I raise black men? Hello. Oh, no. oh shit. No, no. <laughs> no. See, Hello. see, because <laughs> well, that could have been a whole different show. Yeah, they got I too mean, scared. Look, message. Right. Oh, I mean that. <laughs> but I think that's that's indicative of just like this again, very strange. Yeah. affirmation of whiteness that runs throughout the show where every yeah. single time willis is like we got to get out of here and again where is he going i don't really understand what his plan is we gotta never, get, yeah, oh, y'all gonna we take that train leave. to 145th street and then y'all yeah. gonna be like where to yeah they're yeah. just going to leave never never are they like yo we should grab some stuff on the way out maybe we could like sell this or like maybe like an know, apartment yeah i mean but they're they're just <laughs> like to right. sleep on. yeah you know but every time something happens, Willis changes his mind and he's like, oh, wait, no, I actually love Mr. Drummond so much. And like, I could never leave. Arnold never wants to leave. Arnold is always like, no, yo, no. they got they got the good food in here. You know what I mean? Like, said, at one point, he said Gucci toilet paper. Yeah. In the first in the first episode, Mr. Drummond gets him a pony. You know, what I mean? well, a like, pony came into the room. I was like, Arnold is like, I'm never leaving this. So was woke. You can't buy us. I'm like, yeah, Willis. <laughs> I got gloves for Christmas once. One Christmas, they got a pony on a Tuesday. <laughs> they got a pony on a Tuesday. <laughs> Dog, what's up? You know what? Actually, actually, they probably couldn't have been on, couldn't have hung with that black family for too long. Because if Willis was like, you know what? Let's go back. The black mother would be like, all right, go ahead. <laughs> Where you going? I don't even care. Go ahead. <laughs> and take everything you brought with you, too. Right. Or what? You ain't bring nothing with you? Too bad. Bye. Well, y'all can run straight to that room and go to sleep. That's what they do. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. That room and go to sleep. But I, I do want to talk about, I want to go back just for a second on the Blackface episode. Mm. Sure. They have, like, I, I watched Turner Classic Movies. And mm -hmm. I know that they, they now give the disclaimer or somebody who's introducing the film will say, mm -hmm. you know, even though blackface was really, really bad, but you go, you go this hour and 20 minutes, um, <laughs> it's really bad blackface. I challenge the Academy to take that and put it away. Like everything, the Kimberly episode, all of the other episodes in the shows that you were referencing are very recent and yet they still did it. Yeah. So I, I think the fact is, is that we have to start getting very vocal about like, yo, this ain't cool. And I know y'all think it's, you know, it's a part of television history, but we still got people who will watch that and be like, ah, it's funny. I'm gonna show up to work tomorrow in blackface and see if Kalisha will like it. Like, and now we're in HR. You know, and, and yeah, you guys can prevent a lot of this, right? You can prevent this 
Like we like, and then to that point, let's be honest, like here, Mr. Drummond is like a diamond in a rough, you know, his maid on it. So you were there when she died, Mr. Drummond, was she at the house? Was she at the house? Mr. Drummond died working. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't want this to actually turn into roots now. Was she at the house when she died? Oh, so you just went to the hospital? Oh, okay. And then she goes, "Oh, listen, you gotta take care of the kid." Like you, you got. We're not asking the right questions, right? Bro, that's. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. help never was like, "What happened to what happened to Viola Davis's family? Whatever happened to the people at her house? Whatever." Nah, you, you're not gonna get the answers to those that. questions. <laughs> And then, what y'all, happened? we have to also understand that us dissecting this series is making it right. make some people so uncomfortable. Yay! Why can't you just enjoy the show? Because I can't enjoy the show. <laughs> I can't. You want me to well, enjoy racism? You want me to digest? I'm not going to do that. I've been silent for okay. too long. Okay, so I have a question to post to you then. What about, what about shows like 30 Rock and Community who you know, have jokes about about blackface that are confronting it, knowing that it's terrible. Obviously, mm-hmm. what about what about uh, present day shows like that? Would you be able to enjoy that humor? You think? No, no. especially if Adam <laughs> Copeland in it. So I'm just- <laughs> damn, 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 damn. So I'm just gonna be honest. Like, no, be honest. I cannot do it. I understand entertainment but when your entertainment is hurting my community and hurting my culture mm. now you guys don't even see us as human and there's no empathy. Mm-hmm. Like we can go i can really media is powerful it is the most powerful right. medium why do you think when people take over countries the first thing they want to grab is the the radio the television they want to put it in your ear we're right they're wrong and they sell that narrative if we had if it was fair if it was just you wouldn't have a young man who was shot. I, just you, you, They oh. don't see us as human. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes from these moments where you were dehumanized. And we're dehumanized. Right. Like 90 bullets? 90 bullets? Like 90 bullets. bullets. But, but only, two third, only two thirds actually hit him. So all y'all stormtroopers out here with just terrible yeah. aim. Come on. It's like, come on. It's like, if y'all really look at the situation, you got to get uncomfortable. I'm sure it was uncomfortable for John Boyega to get out there and get very vocal as talking about Star Wars. You know, he got very vocal, but he was like, if, it, it, if, if I got to lose his paycheck, then that's what we got to do. Yep. We There's a lot of people that are not willing to make those, and I call them true legacy. I think we use the word legacy too loosely. Those mm. moments where we stand up as a community and we say enough is enough. I ain't watching that until y'all take that out. Okay. <laughs> and then right. That's right. I have to say this. And I know this is probably going to be politically incorrect, but I'm going to give him his flowers, even though he's wrong. <laughs> Shout out to Bill Cosby. Because if we didn't have a different world, I don't know if my sister even would have wanted to go to an HBCU. He's like, what? And they dealt with real Kimberly Reese. Like Mr. Gaines helping her out, paying the tuition. Like you are not wrong, but he was <laughs> not right. He wasn't, yeah. Cameron. He wasn't. That's why I said I know this is going to be totally no. politically incorrect, and I wish that character. I but that just, I love a different world. I still love a different world, even though his name is on the credits every time I watch an episode. Mm-hmm. I know it. I know. Bill, why? But you know, and I'm not. And I, now we're in a day where everybody's like, "Oh, if you just like it, no." 
I, the intention behind what they did on that series allowed us to see ourselves. And mm. as filmmakers, that even in their household, the reason why we, Cosby, we like, oh yeah, look at their black artwork, Mr. Drummond. Yep. It was on the wall. <laughs> it was, it was very much so, it was very. And there was a time where those, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Oh, and to that point, you know, really, and I, I get it, Mr. Drummond. I get it. You got Harvard. The Harvard flag pin on the wall. That could have easily been Howard. Howard. That could have easily been Hampton. But he might have found that out if he was talking to Mr. Thompson. Maybe. (laughs) 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 Mr. Thompson was probably a bison. And him. But no, they got us Harvard. And I'm not knocking Harvard, but I'm just saying the Jacksons, I believe they, I believe in roots. Oscar and Charles was pretty, was checking them in the right way. Like Mr. Drummond got y'all living up here, but getting this a whole world out here. And when you walk out the door, you still nigger. And Mr. Drummond in there trying to play games well, with y'all's I'm going to challenge you on that. I'm going to challenge you on that. All right. There's nothing. <laughs> no, I ain't okay. talking about So wait, 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 wait. I didn't, the one thing I didn't like was, um, you know, y'all highbrow. High and all this other kind of stuff. Now, call it what you want within the culture, but I want to experience all that. Like, you know, it's like, hey, right. I'm gonna try caviar. Yeah, I gotta be highbrow, and we know that shit is real. So but, let's just but, keep it 100. 100 would have been the writer saying, "I'm gonna write Oscar and Charles coming over to you the house." You need black writers in rooms that are being compensated comparable to what you pay in the white man. And the white woman. Because I would have had Oscar and Charles going on. Right. Before. Come on. I would have introduced and Willis would have been like, too much like right. Too much like too right. Too much like right. It seemed like Oscar <laughs> and Charles don't come over often. No, they don't. They didn't, they didn't, they was acting like uh, oh, man. a ballerina. Like, we got black ballerinas. Girl, stop. You got the Harlem. Harlem had its own. Alvin Ailey. Alvin, Alvin Ailey, Classical Theater Harlem. Thank you. That wasn't that. So, but, but but Kimberly, the first one they done seen. Oh, and they put her yep. on display like she was the porcelain doll. Go ahead, Kimberly. <laughs> show your moves. And she's just, I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I said, enough. White writers, no shade. Like, I don't know if you guys heard about the, I can't remember his name, but it was a controversy where the white man basically was like, we're being discriminated against and we can't get any dialogue. Oh, yep, 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 yep. And it's like, dude, the whole world caters to you. Everything, including this sitcom about these black kids <laughs> who, who went to Harlem. They catered to Mr. Drummond. They catered to Kimberly. Ooh, they did. And if, if, if oh, they did. Let me tell y'all the thing that made me so upset, just going back and watching the episodes. And I'm sorry if this makes you uncomfortable, but y'all got to get uncomfortable. <laughs> they, That's all right. That's lit- our, our podcast name makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're here. We're here. It made me upset. I felt like in every episode I was watching, they played Mr. Drummond as he could. He he was just like they Jesus. You like they like that. He was like Mr. Drummond was they white Jesus, and mm-hmm. you know Kimberly was a part of the the the, the uh, disciples. You know, I guess she was one. <laughs> and I was just like, and they was just you know they coming by the gate. Well, he told him in episode one, I'm gonna open up a whole new world to you. Mm. You guys are gonna go to the best colleges. 
he said the best schools, the finest colleges. And then Willis was like, we ain't no charity. But in every episode, it felt like that's how y'all was being treated. So I felt like I could see where yeah. the white writers was trying to be balanced. But in the end, they peeing one. They won. They won. They won. They won. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.